Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We are here, as always, to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Today's show for you, episode 78, we have a breakdown of the Western Conference playoff picture in the NBA, as well as the MLB schedule release today. We'll have some discussion on some of the the key games and uh, discuss the last day of the season. Ben has... A bit of a, I don't want to say issue, but he found it kind of funny the way that's scheduled. But first, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if you thought we were going to lead with anything else, you're kidding yourself. Signed a new contract today, and to the surprise of no one, especially us who've been calling on this show for, I don't know, since last year, he signed the largest contract in NFL professional sports history, I'm pretty sure he had a planet thrown in as an incentive bonus. Uh, Ten years with a maximum value of $503 million. Nope, I didn't say that wrong. $503 million. Now, realistically, he's not going to see all that money, Ben. Why is that? Uh, Because after the 2024 season... His guaranteed money evaporates. It, it just it's gone. It's by that time it's it's gone. And, and I will admit, the hefty salary base salary at the end of his contract is lucrative, and obviously his roster bonuses, as he hits certain uh, days in certain years, becomes guaranteed. But realistically, if we look at it, Chris, when he signs this deal, like he probably already signed it at this point. I believe he did, yeah. His 2020, his 2021, and his 2022 uh, salary, roster bonus, workout bonuses, everything is all guaranteed. $63 million right there. Right there. For the first three seasons. Correct. And then the third day of the 2021 season is 2023 base salary, roster bonus, workout bonus, all becomes guaranteed. It's two, it's, it's two years ahead. And this goes on until the third day of the 2024 season when he will finalize the million base salary of 2025, that'll become guaranteed. So in total, by the third day of the 2024 season, he will have accumulated roughly $235 million in four seasons. And and let's be be honest about this too, because we see this and this is not – any Chiefs fans out there thinking we're raining on your parade or we're, we're trying to knock the guy at all, but it's not the case. Good for Patrick Mahomes. Um, again, we say this every time we talk money about on this show. Sports money is monopoly money. It's all crazy. It's all ridiculous. But I say to anybody out there who wants to get mad at how much these guys make, if you had the chance to make that money, you would. So I know I certainly would. So I'm not, I'm not going to hate on the guy. Good for him. Uh, he's absolutely without question one of the most exciting players in the league in all of sports uh, and if anyone's going to get the money 
he's certainly one of them that deserves it. Um, so that's just not a knock. As I've said before, I think I'm the head of the – I'm one of the, the chairman of the non-Chiefs fans, Patrick Mahomes fan club. So I think the kid is phenomenal. I love the, I love watching him play as long as it's not against my team. It's not so much fun. <laughs> but the reality of it is anybody who knows how these big contracts work, this isn't going to be – I have no doubt Mahomes will be in, in, in Kansas City for the next 10 years. He'll probably be a Chief for life. If not, damn near close to it. But there's a reason most of the guaranteed money, or all the guaranteed money, and all these bonuses come in the first three to four years. He, he, on paper, he signed a 10-year, potentially $503 million contract. Realistically, like Ben just broke down, he signed a four-year deal somewhere in the neighborhood of, what, 230 240 Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, in order for the team to be able to, to make any financial moves, especially if the salary cap decreases next season or the season after because of COVID, he is going to have to restructure for that team to make anything happen besides him. So well, it, it, it's, it's no knock on him. It's no knock on the team. The team got their guy. Congratulations to him. Congrats to the team. Congrats to the fans who know, you know, their guy is going to be on the team for the foreseeable future. But this is still is going to be restructured. When all that guaranteed money is done and paid out, we will see a new deal for Mahomes coming through. This 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 is what we were talking about when we said he needs to cut he needs to structure this contract so he can help the team fill holes, fill spots, retain certain players. That's what this did. He's getting sixty three million dollars in the first season. Now it all won't be paid out at once. But as far as what it looks like on paper, from what I can tell, and I am not an expert, it looks like a lot of this, the $63 million is going to be on the 2020 salary cap, as far as I can tell. Uh, again, not an expert. I don't even and know that, how, I don't know how that's even possible. I don't know either, but they, they know what they're doing. Uh, and I'm just looking at it as someone who's reading numbers and trying to assess it and... I've taken it from two different websites, so I'm trying to like pile it all together without a capologist explain it to me. I'm trying to do the best I can. And it seems like, and the way some people have spoken today that I've heard, this is letting them re-sign Chris Jones to the money he wants, potentially. It's letting them retain players uh, who have heavy salaries or retain players who will enter free agency in the next a year or two. And then, to your point, after the 2024 season, they'll or well, by, before then, they will be restructuring this contract, and they realistically probably could do the same thing. It's just a matter of will one will he perform? Two, what happens if he gets injured? And three, if they keep doing this, at some point, is it going to catch up with them? And I I give you an example of the New England Patriots and the New Orleans Saints. It caught up to the Patriots this year because they have a heavy dead cap issue with Tom Brady. And I believe next year or the year after the Saints would do the same with uh, Drew Brees. Well, to answer your questions, one will he perform? I think that is directly tied to your second question. What if he gets injured? As long as he's not injured, I Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. I think he's he, he didn't just have one pretty good year 
I mean, he had the MVP year, came back this season. You know, he had, he had the knee was bothering him for a bit. Did he come back early? Did he not? Who knows? Apparently not too early because it certainly didn't hurt him in the long run. Now he's a very, very rich young man with, you know, a Super Bowl trophy, Super Bowl MVP, league MVP. Like, he has more accolades in his first three years than a lot of guys get in their entire career. So, like I said, true. as long as he's healthy, Mahomes is going to perform. He's going to be a top-level quarterback. I have no doubt. I don't see this guy regressing anytime soon. Uh, and, and hopefully, this is the kind of career that could break records. So you really hope, for two reasons, there's no big injury. One, he seems like a really nice kid, and you hate to see that happen. And two, I am a Patriots fan, but I'm also a football fan, and I enjoy watching greatness. I enjoy watching talent. I enjoy watching the game played at the highest level. And if you like that, you got to at least appreciate Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to stop stroking him here for a minute because <laughs> it's getting a little heavy. I don't want to stop you, but yeah. But, hey, hey, I love me some Patrick Mahomes, man. As long as he ain't playing the Pats, I, the, kid's, the kid's phenomenal. Um, But, I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to see a restructure. You're going to see a restructure in a couple of years. It's going to be a deal, again, just like this. It's going to be a lot of bonus-heavy years because, again, I'm not a cap expert also, but I think bonuses, bonus money – can be counted against the cap differently depending how they do it. So if a lot of that $63 million is bonus counted as signing bonus, that could potentially loosen up some other um, actual base salary money, which could give them some more room. I don't know. This is all, this is all uh, a for instance. I'm not sure. This is for people who are far better at math. And, and and have you know actually I'm pretty good at math. I'm not sure the ins and outs of all these rules. That's the problem. That's the, that's, the, the, that's the what issue. It boils. Yeah, that, that's the issue. Is is okay? If you can put the money here, if you can file it as this, if you can put it as that, if you can list it as you know bonus, does it not count against this year or next year or that year? If you're confused, join the club because I think it's meant to be confusing. Yes, that way it doesn't get questioned too much. Um, but, you know, much, much like, I know it's far less money, at least this year, much like with Cam Newton signing with the Patriots, well, how can a team with a million, little over a million in salary cap sign them to a potentially $7.5 million contract? Well, because the base salary still brings them underneath the cap. It's the bonuses and incentives that bring them higher. And if they were to list a lot of this stuff on Mahomes' contract as bonuses, incentives, a lot of it, they said, is... Um, like the guarantees met, like like uh, step ups met. I don't know how they phrase it. I can't remember how they phrased it in a contract, but team has to do certain things, or he can opt out. Well, they're probably not going to do that, and he's going to opt out. But in the very next day, you're going to see, oh, he restructured, right? Because he's not leaving Kansas City. They're not going to let him walk away. He doesn't want to leave. So all this is going to be everything you see on the surface. It's just going to be to make sure it's on the up and up as far as the league rules go. But they're going to tell him, hey, we're not going to be able to meet this. Or it's already predetermined. Hey, we're not going to do this year five. So what's going to happen is you can opt out. Then we'll restructure. It'll give us some more cap room for our next few years because we can structure the money in the first few years 
you know, under as a bonus instead of as salary. And everybody's happier. Chiefs keep I mean, on being they, competitive. Patrick Mahomes gets paid. Everyone's happy. And they can lean the contracts any way they want. If, sure. If if they have the talent at that immediate at time, but they have them under good contracts, then they can front load the, uh, the deal for Patrick. If they have an exorbitant amount of talent like they do now, and they'll need the money over the next few years, they can spread that money to the – to the extreme front end of 63 million in the first year and then backload the rest of it. It's just about where you're going to put the money to best help the team. It still comes down to, and this is with any quarterback. If he takes an injury, it's going to affect the team greatly. But I just think we talked for months about, how he was going to position his contract, how the Chiefs were going to position this contract. I think this is the best outcome you could have as a Chiefs fan. You get your quarterback. He's under contract till 2024 at the minimum. He gets his money. He's happy with his money. And you have cap space for other players, Chris Jones or whoever they feel like is going to be the applicable players to give that money to. Damian Williams coming up next year. See what he have. See what happens. Tyreek Hill's contract escalates. Travis Kelsey at some point is going to want an extension. Your offensive line. You need to make sure the offensive line's beefy because you need that five hundred million dollar quarterback to be healthy, and he's going to have that tag. Just so you know, that that five hundred million contract tag is going to be all over him. Even though in all reality. It's going to be like two. I think it's going to be like two hundred forty million dollars, and then it'll be a new deal. Well, I think it'll still be that much money over ten years. It just it'll be different contracts. Yeah, restructured and spaced out. Like I think it'll actually be more. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, incentives and um, endorsements and all those things. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, we're not going to have to start a GoFundMe for that kid anytime soon. No. No. If, uh, how excited is Deshaun Watson right now? How I mean, excited is Lamar Lamar Jackson right now? Lamar, a different story. Lamar, I think Lamar's a different story, especially, and this should be scary to the Ravens fans, especially if he, they go out and win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that not a mirror image of Patrick Mahomes? MVP, the first, uh, wait, rookie year set, except for till the end of the season. Second year MVP. Third year Super Bowl. I mean, that is just a mirror image, and I don't know. It could he could he work the contract the same way? He could. I'll tell you it, what, man. All, yeah, he goes out and has another year like he had last year, and leads him to a championship or even deep into the playoffs. Kid's gonna get paid. I still is. don't. I I still don't think anyone else in the game right now is going to touch Mahomes-level money just because I don't think anybody else in the game is Mahomes. I've said before, if you gave me the choice this year of the teams that are going to be on the field, of the Chiefs or the Ravens, the overall teams, right. defense, special teams, offense, I still think the Ravens have the slight edge. I've gotten some crap from some Chiefs fans before because it's, well, the Chiefs are the champs, and this absolutely take nothing away from them. They're going to be right there with them. And if they end up beating Baltimore in the AFC Championship game, I won't be shocked. 
But if I had my money to put down right now, I put it down on Baltimore coming out of the AFC as as the representative in the Super Bowl. However, if you gave me a choice between quarterbacks, I take Mahomes. He's more proven. He's more of of a passer. I mean, it's it's nothing against Lamar. I love Lamar. It's it's tough, but of the two, I'd have to take Mahomes. So I hear what you're saying. If if there's one player that I'm, if you said, you know, who would be that next player to get that ex, that extension that's similar or greater than Mahomes? The only possibility I see right now in front of me with age, ability, but I doesn't have any athletes is Kyler Murray. I was going to say clearly Dak Prescott, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I kid, Dak, I kid, I kid. Dak, Dak's, Dak's, he, he needs, he's got work to do. He's got to win something. Him. He's got to win something. See, Kyler has the advantage. Is Kyler played his first season, so he's got that that rough year under his belt. Now he's going to win his second season. Now we got to see what he can do in the second season because he's now has Deshaun, uh, not Deshaun, DeAndre Hopkins as a receiver right. on top of everybody else. It'll be interesting to see his evolution this year just because of his talent, his ability. It's almost it's almost a blend of Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Almost. Lamar's got the mobility that neither one of them have and Mahomes has a throwing ability that neither one of the uh, other two have. So I, I would say that's the only player I can look at in my, in my future, my near future, not counting college quarterbacks would be the only one that could revival this contract, but out all depends on what he does this year. What he does next year? Does he sniff the playoffs? Does he sniff a trophy? Does he sniff the MVP? That's, that's questions we'll have to see. You know, I didn't know where you were going with that, honestly, when you started down that road. I thought you were going to say Lamar Jackson. And uh, I didn't actually, because he only was a rookie last year, I didn't think of Kyler. But, uh, you know, it's... I think the Cardinals would have... The Chiefs would have been very similar with Mahomes' rookie year had he started the whole rookie year as the Cardinals were last year with Kyler. Kind of getting used to him on offense, adjusting to his playing style. Now they're going to come into year two with the offense definitely built around him as a premier receiver. Running game may not, may not have big names with uh, attached to it, but talent and they know what they're doing. Uh, I mean, no, it's, it's, it, it's hard to say anyone's going to be Mahomes. That's the problem. But I think, like, I don't think that's what you're doing. I think you were saying if somebody could perhaps reach that level. So I get what you're saying, but... It's so hard for me to say that, but I'd have to. I'd have to say honestly, man. I didn't even think about Kyler, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'd have to say you're right about that. Honestly, if, if there's well, going to be somebody who hits that close to that, yeah, it could be him. Yeah, it's nobody past him because the guy, the guy you mentioned jokingly was Dak Prescott, and that'd be the only close one. Other than that, the other ones that were in that area already signed their deals. And I don't see any one of those guys getting crazy money on their next deals. Anyone that is up that echelon, uh, upper echelon level is in their early 30s 
and we're talking Russell Wilson and around there. And, and anyone else above that is past their point of they're going to get the huge contract, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. you got to look at younger. And I can't look at the rookies that came in and, and take them seriously yet. Yeah, you haven't seen them play yet, yeah. And I can't look at the college kids in their junior years or senior years and say they're going to produce because I don't know if they're going to play this year. And two, they're in the and they're in college. They they I don't know what team they're going to be on. I don't know what offense they're going to be playing. So it's really just I I want to I want to put Daniel Jones in that conversation, but I don't think I can yet. I got to put just Kyler Murray. You got to see more of Daniel Jones. Right. Even though he played, it's you know you got Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, and Kyler Murray all in the same class, but I just think Kyler is ahead because he came in so far ahead with the uh, the Heisman and the prestige playing in the college football playoffs. I think he's he was ahead to begin with. I think he's even farther ahead right now. Played from day one. Day one. And, they knew and, he, They knew he was the guy. And I think Drew Locke would have played game one if he was healthy. Uh, Daniel Jones obviously wasn't going to play day one because the Giants couldn't figure out how to let Eli Manning know, uh, you suck now, you can't play, we're going to go with the kid. You know, and he had to, you know, dance around that the year before and he couldn't just go all in this year. That's their, opi- their opinion of how they wanted to do it, that's fine. But Kyler Murray is the one, the one right now that has tape in the NFL, has the promise, has the ability, and has the situation to prosper and put up his numbers. Because who else is going to come in their first season playing and throw 50 touchdowns? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's I don't know. Problem. That's that's ridiculous. Like that's not well, even. I can't. Even, I can't even. Th- that's the problem I have when thinking about somebody. I didn't, like I said, Kyler. Look, I think Kyler's going to be awesome. He's already really good. I think he's going to get even better. I think you're going to see a Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and hopefully, for the sake of Deshaun Watson, he leaves Bill O'Brien and goes somewhere where he doesn't get killed on every play. And only hope you're going to see those four guys. And again, I exclude anybody who was drafted this past season because we haven't seen them play yet, so I can't add them in. Right. You're going to see those four guys lead the future of quarterbacking in this league for the next decade. Yep. And it's so hard. Like you said, the first year in, 50 touchdowns, league MVP, came, I think, a D4 and offsides penalty away from beating the Patriots in the AFC championship game. And let me tell you what, the way that the, if the Rams played the same way, against the Chiefs that they played against the Patriots in that Super Bowl, the Chiefs are going back-to-back. Smoked. They would have been smoked. It, it would have been over by halfway through the second quarter. And just, it's so hard to compare anybody to Mahomes, which is why nobody second-guessed this contract. Nobody looked at it and went, oh, that's ridiculous. Everybody knew ahead of time. I've been saying it for at least a year now. He's going to get the biggest contract ever. And now, don't give me, I'm, I'm not asking for any praise for that because really anybody who's watched this kid play could have said that, could have seen that. So this isn't any 
wasn't any great revelation. So I didn't really let any cat out of the bag there. I mean, a lot of people probably thought that. But man, who else? I mean, as great as Lamar was this past season. Like, Mahomes was just so... I don't know, man. There was just there's something about this kid when he's on the field. And Lamar, if Lamar comes out and has the same kind of season this year he had last year, we could be having this very next same conversation a year from now. But we've only seen that one year, really. Now we've seen two from Mahomes, a Super Bowl championship. He got the Chiefs a Lombardi trophy. Got himself a league MVP. Got himself a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, <laughs> so I'm not discrediting Lamar. His style is just different. Can you give a guy who bases his entire game on his athleticism and being able to run, can you give him that kind of money? I think they will if they have to. They will. But I'd be nervous. Mahomes Mahomes depends on mobility, but he has that cannon. He has that arm. And if if this kid learns, which I think he will, to be able to step into his throws more than throw off his back foot. He's injury aside, he's going to be competitive for the next ten to fifteen years, easily. It's all about evolving the game, Chris. That's all it is. Evolve your game, become, have more offensive weapons, and if you can do that, then the sky's the limit. Um, which is why I think Kyler Murray has the ability to possibly surpass both of them just because he's got all the tools that you want in a 2020 quarterback. He just has it all. He just needs to hone his abilities in the national football league, as opposed to what he did in college football. Boy, I hope I, I hope he's better than Mahomes, And that's not, that's just because it'd be how incredible would it be to see that? Especially when they're both in different conferences, Chris. That, that's right. what I'm saying. Like, if he's even close to as good or a little better than Mahomes, I hope that's the case because you're going to be seeing Chiefs and Cardinals Super Bowls or big Monday night games for the next 10, 12 years. Yeah, sign me up for that. Well, we were supposed to get, you know, Luck Wilson in the Super Bowl. That never happened. You know, it was those were supposed to be the rising stars, and, and the only one that made it was Russell. And now Russell can't even make the the championship game at this point. And so it I don't would, blame. I don't put that on him though. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not, not on him. It's the construction of the team, and it's how Carroll's running it. Some, you know, plus the ebbs and flows of the roster construction. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not great. I just think it'd be exciting. It would be exciting to have Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, actually Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, head-to-head in the Super Bowl. Like, that is that is what the league would want to see. That is highlight material. I would put it up to the level of wanting to see Kawhi Leonard go against Giannis in an NBA final. Just my thought. I mean, <laughs> based on what I've seen of those two guys, that would be that would be a hell of a matchup also. So that'd be fun. 
I'll just say this because yeah. I, 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 real quick, and then we'll yeah. move on to the next the the Western Conference breakdown. You, you know, I, I said I would take Mahomes over over Lamar Jackson. I don't say that easily. I'm a big fan of both those guys. Uh, if if I have Mahomes at a ten, Lamar is like nine point nine five nine 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 nine. Like he's not. <laughs> this isn't like Lamar's a seven and the homeless is a ten. Like this is the ever so fractional difference between the two. I would just take a quarterback who I know can make the throws of the game on the line over. Can he get out of the pocket and run around without getting hurt? You know, I, if you told me I had to start a franchise and I had the number two pick. And I ended up getting Lamar. Trust me, I wouldn't be disappointed. But I just want to clarify that because I'd hate anybody to think I'm dogging Lamar Jackson because the kid's phenomenal. But if I had to pick, I'd take Mahomes, but Lamar's a real close second. So, the Eastern, like I told you before, the Western Conference is pretty stacked. And when I mean Western Conference, I obviously mean the Western Conference in the NBA. You don't mean the NHL? I don't mean the NHL. Although, it is pretty stacked itself, but in a different sense. Um, as we know, this is the NBA is player heavy. So I'm going to give you a few names that you may know, a few names that you may not know. But it... it they all have full rosters, but it really just comes down to one or two players making a difference. It really comes down to two teams in the Western Conference. It comes to both L.A. teams, obviously, because they stack their teams. Now, the Lakers have some names as far as the rest of their roster. They're either past their prime or they never had a prime, but they're name player. Really, the two names you have to pay attention to are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And those two right there, at the peak of their game, can give you a series win, no doubt. So just the two of them alone is, is going to be tough. Yeah. They both hit at all levels. Anthony Davis is hitting threes. And if your center is hitting threes on a regular clip and you don't have a guy that can – if you have that old-school center that just plays down at the block, you're screwed. The Clippers, on the other hand, a little different. They have two big forwards, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly, who is, as I told you before we started, if I had to equate him to someone maybe you would be familiar with, it would be Gary Payton. Maybe a little nastier. As far as attitude-wise or skill-wise? Um, basically getting under someone's skin. Okay, so he's a good shit talker. Yes. Okay. He's 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 almost rewritten the book. Wow. If if I, if I could speak truthfully, it's impressive. Uh, but he's very 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 good at playing defense, and he's a, a really good three point shooter. Plays off Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's abilities because those two are scorers. Um, Patrick Beverly can get his when he needs to, but he is. His game is not incumbent on him scoring the basketball. He is to get under the, the skin 
of the opposing point guard and get in their head, which she does on an almost daily basis. He actually got under under the skin of Lonzo Ball, like his first or second game in the league. And because Lonzo was getting so much accolades and, and praise because obviously you're aware of Lonzo Ball and, yeah, his, yeah. and his father. Um, yeah, he, he... That kid got a bad rap because his dad couldn't couldn't stop. And where is he now, Chris? I believe he was in the Anthony Davis trade, wasn't he? Yes, he was. So he's at and Mem- actually, Memphis or New Orleans? New Orleans. New Orleans. And he's actually doing pretty good in New Orleans. Good. Good. And a lot, of, a lot of quietness down there. So it's probably best for his career to be there and not in L.A. Yeah, let him actually play ball instead of worrying about what his dad's doing on downtown L.A., yeah. I see what you did there, Chris. Let him play ball. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That would have been a good transition in a few minutes. Uh, those are really the only two teams. I mean, look, look, we got we got three other good teams. I got the Rockets with Harden, Westbrook, and Eric Gordon. I got the Jazz with Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. And I got the Nuggets with Nikolai Jochik and um, – that dude Murray. sounds like a hockey player, Nikolai Jochik. Yeah, but he's not. He's like seven four or something. Seven no, three. No, maybe, maybe the dude could play hockey. We don't know that. Yeah, it could. He could. He's probably uh, hell of an and, athlete. He could probably do it. Probably. Uh, and Murray. Um, all these teams are good, and the talent level is there. Uh, the problem with the Rockets is their best players are three six uh, six three and under. Is it's problematic going against the top two teams if you haven't noticed. But if you're gonna have two have to have two guys under six three, those are two pretty good guys to have under six three. Absolutely, but you'll notice James Harden and Russell Westbrook separately have not done anything with other talented players on their team. Westbrook had Kevin Durant for a while, didn't do anything with them. Westbrook had Paul George for at least a season or two, couldn't do anything with him. James Harden's had talent rolling in and out of Houston and hasn't been able to do anything. And now you have two teams in LA who have monstrous rosters and probably two of the best players in the league, at least in the West conference, you're just not going to beat them. And the jazz I'm concerned about Rudy Gobert, former deep. I mean, he's a young player. And he was the defense player of the year two years ago. Mitchell and Conley have great chemistry as guards. Gobert is a defensive stopper, and he can change the game in the paint. The problem is, I think, the coronavirus uh, issue he had where he didn't take it seriously, and then he gave it to other people, and... He kind of had to walk that back a little bit. Where is his head at? Would be my concern. You get well, what I'm saying? I, I don't know it's so much him. I think it's we live in a society where anytime anyone does anything wrong or they perceive to do wrong, they have to drill in their head and make them feel like they're less than human. So a lot of people didn't take this seriously in the beginning. Right. We, didn't, we, didn't know the, the, we didn't know the severity of it. So I mean I don't, I don't I'm not going to sit there and and a lot of people shouldn't sit there and just bag on this guy because he's not a doctor. Even some doctors don't know what to do right now. Right. So I mean as far as he goes if he can drown out the noise of everybody trying to tell him what a horrible person he is because he didn't know something and he made a mistake. 
I think he'll be okay. Well, hope for that, his that, sake. And right, that's the only question I have about him is I don't know him well enough to know his mental capacity of handling this. And yeah. will he let it get to him? I don't know. But that's why I would put the Jazz as kind of this wild card. It kind of go. The team is kind of going to go the way Rudy Gobert goes. And then the Nuggets, they have Jokic, they have Murray, they just don't have that third person. And, you, and you're going to tell – and everybody's going to sit there and say, well, Ben, you only named two players for the Lakers. I understand that. But what two, player, two players did I name, Chris? Uh, two of the best players in the league. Right. LeBron James and Anthony Davis. How many times has LeBron and James dragged Cleveland Cavaliers team to the NBA Finals only to lose? Multiple times, even when he was extremely young and didn't have the game he has now. Do we start calling him Bron in the brow? I don't think anyone has, but that's pretty clever, Chris. I don't, I don't mean to be mean, but I mean, the man's got a ferret above his eye. Like, it's it, like Anthony Davis. I mean, he dude. won't. Yeah, he that's on purpose, too. I mean, he actively will not do that. He will not get rid of it. Teach their own. I mean, that's what he wants. School for good for him. I, I just, I don't get it. Like, it's a thing. He's man. got two squirrels a- living above his eyes, and they're like meeting in the middle. I don't understand. I it's like Andrew Luck's neck beard. He looked like a drifter. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you good? You're making forty mil a year. Buy a razor. Like, I don't know. Be presentable. You're the face of a team. Jesus. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just, that's 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 not accurate. LeBron James is a face of the team. Yeah. Okay. That is true. So, but that's my point is that these two are so. The only team that's going to have a problem, the the Lakers are going to have a problem with, is going to be the Clippers, and that's if they face them. And if you notice on the uh, the rundown, they are currently the one and two seeds in the Western Conference, and it looks like that'll stay the way it is. So it lines up for them to meet in the finals. Okay. So if you had to ask me, who am I going to pick? Razor thin, I'm going to go with the Clippers. Over the Lakers. Oof. Kawhi Leonard, what he did last year. No, he was he was he was an unstoppable force last year. That was it was ridiculous. And Patrick Beverly, I think look, I like Paul George. He's gonna get his points, he's gonna get his rebounds. It's a nice complimentary complimentary piece to Kawhi Leonard. And Patrick Beverly, I think Patrick Beverly can just get in the head of any point guard on the other team and just disrupt. And I, I gotta find out more about this guy. If he's that good at talking, I gotta I gotta hear some just, of him, some of his stuff. Look, man. Up, look, look him up on I'm YouTube. I'm gonna have man. to, yeah, because this is I'm intrigued now. He he played before he was with the Clippers. He played in Houston. I think he was in. Three-team deal with Harden going from OKC to Houston. I think he was in that deal. That, that's where they were because uh, Harden and Westbrook were both on the Thunder together, weren't they? I thought Harden, so. Okay, it was Harden, Westbrook, and uh, Kevin Durant were all on the same team. I think. Wow, how did they not win anything? Wow. Uh, they went to the finals. Who did they face? I don't remember who they faced. They faced. Um, I don't remember who. It might it, probably Miami. 
It might have been Miami. I had one of LeBron's last years in Miami. Now, now that you think of it, because the first year, the the first and last year, LeBron was in Miami. He didn't win. And it was the middle years that he won. And I know the last year he faced Dallas. And I think the first year he faced San Antonio, I think. I'm not sure. But in the middle years is where they won. And I know that I'm pretty sure they faced OKC. And then after that, it was who are we going to pay? ship James Harden out of town and then they never they never got back to the finals with uh, Kevin Durant and Westbrook and then it just fell apart from there so it's a good team the Rockets no doubt will score points the problem is is the way they set up their offense it doesn't help their defense so you can score all the points you want but if you can't play D yeah, if you can't stop anybody and you got guys of that quality, that caliber right. on the other side, yeah, it's going to be tough. And if you're you're relying on scoring every time down, well, if you don't score a lot, if you don't score enough, you can go cold. And let's let's be real, Russ can go cold, and Harden can go cold. It doesn't bode well for the offense when your your scorers. A lot of it's on shooting, and shooting can go cold. If they were driving to the basket, if there were guys in the paint, back of the bas- uh, back of the basket players, I would say differently. But they just not. I mean, they could drive, sure, but a lot of James Harden's scoring is shooting. So I just don't, I don't have as much faith in the other three teams. I think it's just going to be LA, LA in the finals. I know what you meant right there, but that was funny. That was that was some analysis. A lot of the scoring is shooting. I understand. I know. I know. I know exactly what you meant. I got it. I'm just saying, like, you're talking. So, you're talking from beyond, like, run out of the basket. I understand, but yeah, yeah it was just no, funny. It's like I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yes, scoring. Yes, I understand. A lot of the water we drink is wet, but some of it is not. <laughs> well, you're drinking. Called, you're drinking some bad water, then, buddy. It's called dry ice. You're not drinking that. No, you're you're not even touching that. Never mind drinking it. Anyway, Chris. Um, so I'm going to go with, no, I think I said I was going to go with the Clippers. So that that runs the Clippers against the Bucks in the finals. Who you got in the finals then? You got, you, the got, you, got, you got this. You got this dynamic. You said you wanted Kawhi against Giannis. You're going to yes. get it. According to you, you're going to get it. Yeah. You had this dynamic uh, Clippers team that uh-huh. took out the mighty LeBron and Anthony Davis and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Can Giannis overcome that himself? No. No, because the problem is going to be is they're going to put one? They're going to put Kawhi on Giannis, and as much as that's going to be a pill for for Kawhi Leonard to handle, there's the, the Bucks are not going to be able to stop Paul George, and Patrick Beverly is going to make it utterly insane for their starting point guard to to do anything to run the offense, and I just think it's going to be too much to handle. This is why they constructed this team. And let's remember, there are other players on this team. On the team, they have other complementary pieces that will help support taking care of Giannis. 
So it won't be Kawhi Leonard or Giannis the entire game. I just think there's too many pieces here, and there's just not enough for the Milwaukee Bucks to overcome what Doc Rivers has built in L.A. It's just too much. I like Doc Rivers. I love Doc Rivers. I wish you never went to to L.A. Yeah, I was going to say, he gets a bad rap, I think, in Boston sometimes because of leaving, but I I, I always like seeing him do well. The problem was he didn't want to rebuild. Yeah. And I understand that. He didn't want to rebuild. He didn't want to be part of a rebuild. I get that. It wasn't easy. It hasn't been easy to, to, to watch the Celtics rebuild over a few years. So I get it. He's only got a certain amount of time to coach. In spite of what some people might think, there is only a certain amount of time to coach. And the opportunity for him to go to L.A., the Celtics got a little compensation for him to go to L.A. That's fine. It looks like and both team, both teams are doing well, so worked out for everybody. Celtics went and got a coach from the college ranks that they liked, and they brought him in. He's done successful, and it's worked out for both teams. Um, it may work out better for the Clippers. The irony would be, Chris, is if the Clippers and the Celtics played in the finals. That would be something, yeah. That would be incredible. So, do you think it's just a matter of matchups? Like the, the Clippers can beat the Lakers, and then the Clippers can beat the Bucks, or do you just think the Clippers are so good it doesn't matter who they play? Clippers over anybody. The only team that I think has a shot, and I told you that I said this before: if Rudy Gobert's head is straight. That team, I would be – if I were the Clippers, I would be concerned about that team. Okay. Because of, de- of the defense? Because Rudy Gobert is a seven-footer. And I think – I'm not 100% sure because it's been a while since we've had basketball. I think he can't, he does have a little bit of a perimeter game. But he, he's the, he was a defensive player of the year two years ago. He can alter – the paint and Kawhi Leonard's not a pure outside shooter. He has all levels. Paul George, same way. He has all levels. So if you force guys out of the paints for high percentage shots, great. They may make their threes, but they go cold just like anybody else. You go cold. You're going to get, you're going to get behind real quick. And right, Mike, right. Mike Conley Jr. is a terrific point guard. Conley and Beverly have gone toe to toe before because Conley was with in uh, Memphis before he was with the Jazz. He's been Memphis for his entire career, so he's familiar with Patrick Beverly. So it's not this is not un um what's the word I'm looking for uh, um unfamiliar territory for uh, Mike Conley Jr. And I think Donovan Mitchell is an exceptional player, and he's looking at a big payday. I think we mentioned this a couple episodes ago in um, uh, who's uh, Ed Davis made that com- those comments about the future ca- uh, future CBA for the for the um, NBA. Right. And Mitchell's looking at a huge payday coming up because he's that he's that talented. He is. I think he, he's a, a tweener, like a shooting guard, small forward, but he's just as talented as any player in the league. I think Rudy Gobert is the biggest difference, and that is the player everyone should be keeping an eye out for 
to see if he can change the way the game is being that that series that game is being played. Other than that, no, I don't. I don't. The Nuggets don't have a third person. Um, so if uh, Jojic or Murray go cold, this is the offense is going to go stale. And like I said, Harden, Westbrook, and Eric Gordon—they're all six-three and under, and as great as they can be, and as much three-point shooting they can do, you go cold. It has to be the perfect set of circumstances for that to work out in their favor. And Chris, they were. They, this is what they've been running the past few years. They had it with Chris Paul before they had Russell Wilson, and they, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe you said that. Um, and they were doing good, but they get to the. I think the farthest they've gotten was the Eastern, uh, the Western Conference Finals. And again, it comes down to how much gas they have left in a tank. Because if you figure figure um. Think of it like, remember when the Eagles were running uh, the college offense with uh, Chip Kelly? Yep. And Chip, and Chip Kelly's men- mentality was, we're going to run as many plays as we can, and we're just going to tire out the other team. Well, what happened the following season? They started losing games because their defense was so tired from right. the year before. Yeah. And their offense couldn't handle it because they were tired. Well, it's a little different because in college you got upwards of a seventy to hundred players. You can rotate players. Yeah, out. more. Yeah, exactly. NFL is a little different there, buddy. So it's not exactly apples to apples, but it's like Granny Smith apple to um, I can't think of an, a Pink Lady apple. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't where, that be? Wouldn't that be apples to apples? Yeah, but it's like it's like just a different different flavoring, where okay. NFL to NBA, where you're looking at an offense that just push 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 shoot shoot shoot, and and just continue to to run 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 the offense, and not worry about the defense, like literally not worry about oh, defense. I'm not sure if the basketball analogy works, but I know I want a snack now. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. Thanks for but that. But that's my but that's my point about about the the Western carpets, like the, literally the, unless LeBron James, you know, has an epic series against them, yeah. which honestly, Chris, could. it could happen. Well, a very, a very, a very rested LeBron with pretty much just the playoffs could do a lot of things. Multiple times has LeBron taken his hand, stuck it into my chest and ripped my heart out to just, trounced the Celtics when I thought, oh, we have a chance. No. <laughs> no. LeBron James is here. He's going to tell you, no, you can't. I'm going to win. I'll see you guys next year. I'm going to the finals. And that's what happens. It's it's a sad reality. Here's my question. I've heard a lot of people say this, and I haven't watched. I know how great LeBron is. I've seen him play plenty of times. I haven't seen a lot of Giannis, in all fairness. I've heard some people say, Giannis is the best player in the game right now. Yep. Um, I can't. I haven't seen enough of him to give my opinion on that. I, once I do, and I plan on it when NBA restarts, I'd be happy to. But as of right now, I can't. But say what, what your theory happens or your guess happens, mm-hmm. and Clippers beat the Lakers. Say it's like this epic seven-game series, and it comes down to the wire. Clippers win, and then they go and they play the Bucks in the finals. 
And Giannis, almost single-handedly, crushes the hopes of the Clippers and brings the brings the NBA title to Milwaukee. Is Giannis now the best player in a game, hands down? Hands down. Undoubtedly. Because he doesn't his bet his number two is Chris Middleton. Right. No, no knock on Chris Middleton. No knock. But he's not Anthony Davis. He's not there's no he's not even close to Anthony Davis. He's out of the list I'm looking at, correlation of Chris Middleton would be Eric Gordon. And you're not familiar with Eric Gordon, I I'm aware. But I don't want to call him West, Russell Westbrook because Russell is top <clears throat> top ten, top fifteen player. So yeah, you're looking at a you know, he, he doesn't he doesn't play he, he he's okay at D. He's a small I think he's a small forward. So he's okay at D. He shoots a three. He's made some uh, all-star games. He's he's a pretty good player, but he's not the caliber of Anthony Davis. He's not the caliber of Paul George. He's not the caliber of Russell Westbrook. He's definitely not the caliber of Donovan Mitchell. He's not the caliber of Murray with the Nuggets. It's there's just and and I don't have my uh, do I have my other one? Yeah, I have my other one here. Well, this, the the Celtics they got a comp, combination of players. Um, I, I I would put I would put Chris Middleton above one or two of them, but not all of them. He's not better than Simmons. He's not better than uh, actually he's better than all the Pacers best. But by the way, uh, Pacers best player Victor Oladipo uh, opted out. So Pacers, yeah, no, not gonna happen. But. No, Middleton, he's a good player. He's, he's a really good player. I, I, you remember Rip Hamilton? Yeah. Similar. Not okay. not as not as athletically skilled as Rip, but and he's I think Rip was a little smaller. Um, but I mean, that kind of caliber where he's really good, but he's not the He's top not top tier, yeah. Right. So I it would be literally dragging, and Eric Bledsoe is pretty, a, a pretty good player, but not out of his mind. He's like he'd be the same as Eric Gordon. Like they're just they're good complementary pieces. You just have potentially the best player on in the league on that team. And if it would be like when LeBron James took the Cleveland Cavaliers the first time against the uh, the San Antonio Spurs back. We did this before. I think it was like somewhere between 02 and 04, where the best second player, the, the best number two to LeBron was like uh, Booby Gibson or God, who else did I think of? Uh, Ricky Davis. You know, there was nobody. He literally dragged the team to the finals and lost. Like that would be the equivalent, except dragging the team and winning would put him above. Anything LeBron James did, because LeBron has always had the need to have someone with him to win. And usually that's how you do it. So it's kind of hard for Giannis to pull this off by himself. But I would say if he did it, that puts him at the top of the food chain. Even though Kawhi Leonard technically did it last year. Well, you called your shot. Get the Bucks and the Clippers in the NBA Finals. Get the Clippers winning. Giannis will have to wait for title number one. Let's move on. MLB released the 60-game 2020 schedule today, earlier today, or actually, if you're listening to this. It was yesterday. And 
interesting. I mean, to an extent, it's it's not balanced. We know it wouldn't be balanced. Well, it's not balanced in terms of talented teams playing talented teams because it's 60 games, it's 40 division games, and then it's you play 20 games against an NL team in interleague play. I know being Red Sox fans, the Reds, Red Sox in the AL East, we have 10 games against the Rays, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles, and then they'll have, I believe, four games apiece against each of the NL East teams. So, if you're playing a weaker division in the NL, or AL if you're an NL team, it could kind of give you a favorable schedule, or non-favorable if it's a harder you know division, but, I mean, I think... In a very odd circumstance, they did the best they could. I think this is the setup that makes the most sense. They still want to do their interleague. There was no way to really fairly and evenly break it down with so few games inside the same league. So you couldn't have, like, because there's only three leagues, uh, three divisions in each league, you couldn't have 40 games against your division and then 20 against another another division because in, in, in the AL because... Just wouldn't work. So, not an ideal situation, but I'm intrigued. I'm glad we're going to get to watch some baseball. Hopefully, it's still a couple weeks away. You never know. You got you got people opting out. You got people voicing concerns they weren't voicing before. It's it. it. I still won't believe we're going to see baseball until I actually see someone step on the field with a bat in their hand. I'm just surprised I'm hearing a lot of chirping all of a sudden. Like, the one person we heard from is Trevor. Continuously. Before. And then all of a sudden, it's agreed upon, and now you got a few people here, and Mike Trout, Mookie Betts. It's like, where was this before? Where was this concern before? Oh, you wanted to wait till... Everything was settled, so now you can speak. It's like, right? Have a thought. Like, I, I understand sometimes we don't want people to talk. It's like, no, no, I want people to express what they have. That's why we love Trevor Bauer. He expresses his opinion and what he wants to say. You know what I'll say though? David Price opted out. Dodgers pitcher David Price opted out of the season. Opted out of the money for this season. I don't have a problem with that. And I'll tell you why. Nobody was going to say anything against the this plan. It was already fragile as it was. I'm shocked it happened. Again, I still won't believe we're going to have baseball until I see someone step onto the field of a bat and a glove. But I'm excited to see it if it does happen. If it does not get shut down or stopped again. But Nobody was going to say anything. They were going to be a good soldier and just do what they were told and let this happen. Not not step out of line, not say something that could get the other side upset. So everybody agreed on it. And then David Price said, hey, I think what's best for my family, I'm going to opt out. I'm not going to play. I wish my teammates the best of luck, and I'll see you in 2021. I have no problem with that because you know what? Then he stopped talking. Yeah. He said his piece. He bowed out. Which is his right. I don't blame anybody. If they say, 
you know, I understand uh, if I were a player, I would personally feel very secure with all the precautions they're taking. Everyone's staying, well, supposed to be, staying isolated to the extent they're being tested regularly. The best medical care you can possibly imagine for these sports teams, like, they literally have the best of the of the best. So if I were a player, not even about the money, I'd feel pretty secure. But if somebody doesn't, and we're talking personal safety, we're talking people, a lot of these guys have young children or a pregnant wife or girlfriend or uh, older family members who they don't want to have to stay away from. I don't fault them for that. If they want to say, hey, look, I'm opting out this year. I wish everyone luck. I know I'm not going to get paid. That's fine. I'm going to be with my family. I'll see you guys next year, and hopefully all this is sorted out by then. My problem is, like you said, guys like Mike Trout, Mookie Betts. It's funny. We said these guys had to step up and be faces of the game. This isn't what we meant. These guys have nothing to say, no personality to show, 99% of the time. But now, instead of just saying, hey, look, I'm going to, for the safety of my family and my loved ones, I'm going to opt out. And I'm going to be quiet. And I'm going to cheer on my team. And I'll see you next year. Do that. Don't sit there and say how dangerous it is and then have photos of you running around a field with a mask on when there's nobody within 50 feet of you. Mike Trout. That's a little ridiculous. Like, these players don't want to promote themselves to advance the game. But now they want to make it look like, oh, woe is us. We have to go make $30 million a year to play. And we're in such danger. And we're, okay. I got family family members. I got friends. Including you. I'm out there every day, man. Every day go out there. And don't have nearly the... A lot of people in my family are nurses. I have a lot of friends who are nurses. uh, Factory workers. Retail associates. People who work their ass off every day. And put themselves in way more risk. Who have no choice. So, again, I'm not faulting these guys for making the money and having the choice. But make your decision and shut up. Stop trying to leverage it to make yourself look like a victim. I honestly, I didn't. I didn't want to hear what any of them had to say. Um, I'll respect David Price because I saw what it, I saw that come through, and I texted you like David Price opted out. I, I, I'm assuming you actually read or saw what he said. Yeah, I didn't really care to see what they said because I, I assumed everything was going to come with uh, a life story. And no, I it wasn't career. really bad. It really wasn't. Which, which is fair, which is fine. You can do that. Go ahead and do that, David. If you want to opt out and you're just going to say, I'm opting out for this reason, this reason. I've been, I've been, I think I've been pretty consistent. Like anytime someone opted out uh, and they said it was for family reasons, they opted out. Okay. You've moved on. You're, you're done. You're not, we're not going to see you until next year. We're not going to hear from you until next year. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But don't give me the sob story about, it's a hardship and, and, and this and that and money and all that, but you're still going to do is like, 
you're talking to someone who walks out there every day is in, and is is interacting with a thousand times more people than you are. And it may not be a thousand people, but let's be real. As you described it, Chris, Mike Trout's running around on bases with a mask on with nobody there. Nobody at all. Yeah, everyone's been tested and there's nobody there. You tell me that's not for a photo op? Come on. So how much of a risk are you taking as compared to someone like me who is interacting with hundreds of people each day, who I have countless friends who are in the same business, interacting with hundreds of people a day, and the risk is greater there. Yet we are still doing it because we need to get paid. We need to make money. We don't have guaranteed contracts like you do. And we understand that you're getting paid a lot of money to risk playing this game. But it would be nice for you just to say, we're taking all the precautions we can. We're going to go out and play. We're going to give entertainment to help some people through this difficult time. And mm-hmm. We're going to be safe. And if we contract it, then you'll understand that we're going to step away and we will understand that you step away. Or option B, you're choosing to step away before anything happens because your family is concerned, whether it be your parents, your love, your immediate loved ones, your children, whatever it is. If you immediately step away and, and leave it at that and go, like David Price said what he said, and he's now going away. If I don't hear from him ever again till the end of next year, perfectly done. Gordon Hayward opted out today. And for his wife is giving birth in September. And he said, I, I need to be there. And if I don't hear from Gordon Hayward, good. Step away. Let your, uh, let your teammates win. Root your teammates on. That's fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. Like, if they're cheering for their teammates or like posting about good for their teammates or rooting them on, I got no problem with that. But yeah, if they're sitting there still dwelling on about why they opted out, we get it. To- Stop. We get it. I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear Blake Snell's story. I don't. You, you already pissed me off before. Did he opt out yet? I don't. I haven't heard, but I'm sure he's going to at some point. But obviously, if, if I had some opinion towards Blake Snell, there's an obvious reason why I have an opinion towards Blake Snell and he's complaining about his money. I just don't. I just need. I personally need, and maybe this is me being selfish. But I'd like some entertainment from sports at this juncture because I haven't had any in months. And if they're taking all these precautions like they should, then great. And and play the game, televise it, put it on YouTube, Twitch, Stitcher, whatever. And and give America some semblance of, of... of hope that somewhat nor- somewhat normalcy. Well, I didn't want to go that route because I know that was kind of it's kind of touchy with you a little bit, you know the the new normal. Oh, I mean, my only problem is people acting like it's a goddamn zombie apocalypse. That's my right. problem. Right. It's not. I mean, this is obviously a serious situation, but like saying this is just the way it's going to be forever. I mean, no. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, Chris. I I I think. You can ingratiate yourself with the fan base if you just come back 
play a little bit and, and then have your playoffs, give it some attention, give us, give us some entertainment. Because honestly, break it down, Chris, that's what they are. They're entertainers. Oh, of course. They're like grown you, men who get to play a child's game for a lot of money. Like, come on. That's breaking it down as simply as you can. Yeah. Like, you, you can say what you want. Um, if you're LeBron James, you're Mike Trout, uh, Lamar Jackson, um, Alexei, uh, Alexander Ovechkin, you know, doesn't matter where, where you're coming from, what sport it, it's, you're, you're here to entertain. You're making a lot of money for it, but you're entertain. you're entertainers and you have a platform. And I understand what comes with all that. And I get that, but, but in the base, the base of it is you're an entertainer. You're putting on performance to entertain the people, to bring them joy, to bring them happiness. I think that's what the base concept of sports are. And I don't want, I don't want to see Mike Trout giving me some spiel about how his life is hard with his little mask running around bases with nobody around. I don't, I don't making $900,000 a week. Like making six six thousand dollars just trotting around the bases, yeah. In some video, I don't care because me and people that I, I I work with and people that I know that work in the same business and then people that you know and people in the businesses that you uh, they they work in, whether it be the medical field, retail field, other fields that are actually active, they're actually living it day in and day out. Not, right. Not to to what degree these individuals are and they won't be they'll be in their bubbles especially the nba they'll literally be in a bubble well i think i think what you said absolutely uh, they're here to entertain and all of course all those guys are going to have something to say about it because they do have that platform and I, neither one of us is knocking that we do a podcast that pretty much analyzes what all these guys do for a living so we're not knocking it we're fans we enjoy watching these games but at its core the point of any business is to have uh, uh, supply some sort of value and provide a service. Now you can break that down into different different areas, but that's that's the core of any business. That's how they make money. They do it well enough. They have profits. So anybody who can say, "Oh, it's not just grown men playing," you know, playing a game. Is let's see, let's see next year when all these places have had six months to a year of no fan revenue. Let's see what happens to all these salary caps, to all this to all these exorbitant contracts that are supposed to be paid out next season. Let's see. That is what it is. Sports are there to entertain us. It just so happens in this country that we give celebrities and athletes anybody with money or enough notoriety has a massive platform. They can get mad, but it's the truth. Like, they, they, like LeBron James isn't playing basketball, and he never played basketball. If you went and took a job as an assistant manager at a grocery store, nobody would care what he said on a random Tuesday night. That's not a knock. That's 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 an honest living. I'm not. I'm not. I, I work. I work. Regular every, everyday jobs too, folks. So I'm not. I'm not knocking anything. I'm just saying, no one's gonna care 
if the eight people who follow him on Twitter, if he's, you know, <laughs> the assistant manager of Aldi in Ohio, if they even have him out there, I have no idea. I don't All I'm saying is, like, this gives them the platform. But, like you said, realize how privileged you are to be able to do this as a profession. You get to live a life that most people dream about. And I don't want you to feel bad for that. Because I certainly wouldn't if I were in your spot. But just realize it when you go out there and whine and cry. And then don't change anything about it. If Mookie Betts and Mike Trout want to opt out, opt out. I don't blame him. Mike Trout's got a kid on the way. His wife is pregnant. If he doesn't want to risk it, that's okay. But don't give everybody who's going to work 9 to 5, busting their ass, out there in the middle of all this, an earful, throw in your pity party. Just opt out, and I'll see you next year. Be done with it. Enough. Do what Hayward, do what Gordon Hayward did. He, he opted out and, and, and went home, and, and that's fine. That's what he can do. Uh, who was the guy I talked about a couple episodes ago that opted out in the NBA? I don't remember. But he, 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 wanted, he, needed to get, he was trying to get visitation rights for his kid. And, oh yeah, yeah. I remember his name, but I remember that. Yeah, you tell me that. Yeah. Uh, but um, he 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 had to take this time off because this was the only time he was gonna be able to have the time with his kid. And I'm like, absolutely, man. If this is the only time, yep. And you're having that issue, it's like, do what you got to do, man. I understand you're losing money, but it's your family. That's fine. He said his piece. He said what he said, and I, I feel for him, and I understand what he's doing. I mean, I don't understand exactly because I don't have kids. But I understand the drive that you want to be with your kid. And he, he, he took his and went home, and that's it. And that's all I ask of any of these athletes who say, I'm opting out. You want to give me a little one-liner that says, this is why I'm opting out? That's fine. Then go. Just go. Because uh, yeah. I, I don't want to hear you articulate your reasons why. You're opting out in a full-length interview, or or worse, I don't want you to hear, articulate the reasons why you could, and yet you're going to play anyway because you want to be play that "woe is me" card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't want to hear that because that's just going to turn me off. So if Mike Trout keeps pulling this crap, oh look, the Angels are on TV. Click, I'm good. There's a lot of people out there right now who have who have the right to play the woe is me card or I'm worried or I'm scared card, but I have to do what I have to do because I need a paycheck. Right. A lot of people out there right now have the right to play that card. Pro athletes are not any of them. Zero. So. Zero. Zero. None of so, them can. We started any talking about we started talking about the uh <laughs> the yeah, schedule and we kinda got on the uh That's okay. The opt out okay, soapbox there, but it's all good. I, I just want to say there's one sport that is Nothing is hap- like nothing's coming out. Nothing, very quiet. They're going about their process. They're doing everything. All the checks, checking all the boxes. You know what sport that is, Chris? NHL. Yes. The well, NHL. Let's let's, let's let's see what happens the minute they vote on anything because that that seems uh, to be the trigger point. Whenever well, anybody anything's voted on and approved, all of a sudden uh, now it's a problem. Can Can I tell you what happened today? Sure. Uh. It came through my app. They actually ex- agreed on an extension for the CBA. Wow. Okay. 
Yeah, so they agreed a bunch on a bunch of the protocols, and then they finalized the extension for the CBA for the NHL. So, but isn't actually, the NHL board though like six people and a polar bear? It, it might possibly be that. Also, might be a little bit mean of you to say about them, Chris. Just a little what? bit, because it's not six people and a polar bear. It could be right, twelve people. I, I don't know. Twelve people and a moose. Then I don't know. Whatever. No, I, I kid, I kid. If you can't, if you can't take a joke, maybe you shouldn't listen to this oh, show. I, I, I can take a joke. I don't know if you can. I can. Um, I didn't but, say it was my best one. It was no, just off top of my head. Uh, it definitely wasn't your best one. I, I've heard your best before, Chris. But then also my those... Be, my best are not appropriate for this show. So. Exactly. <laughs> They're not going to be aired on yeah, this recording. You're not going to hear all. it on this podcast. Maybe, maybe down the road if we have... Uh, a different tier of listenership. That'll be a different story, but as uh, of... Yeah, I don't know about that either, Chris. To be honest with you, if someone, someone gets a piece of that audio and they just float it out in the air like they don't want to put context to it. No. Oh, but yeah, but I mean, I don't... Well, I'd say without context, maybe, but I don't say anything like... I'm just... I'm just I don't say anything that would be like... Just putting it out there, Chris. Horrible and like racist or nothing. But I, I think I think NHL... They're, they're doing it very quietly, and they're checking all the boxes and being thorough. So I think there is a hope that if there is a league that's going to open, it, it may be the NHL. And I still say maybe because we don't know. Cause yeah, we can, got stuff they, happening every day now. We, can't, we have no idea. They're literally flying everyone to Toronto is what they're doing. So I don't know. I mean, will it work? Well, it won't. I don't know. We'll have to see. But it, it, it'll be interesting to see who opens, who actually opens, who actually plays, and who doesn't. Because we're getting real close to the MLB. Uh, we're getting close to the NHL. Uh, NBA is creeping closer and closer. And then we know who is right around the corner come uh, August, August, end of August, beginning of September. So... I don't know, man. We'll have to see. Yeah, we got to hammer out some ideas for a fantasy baseball league too. See if that's going to happen. Oof. Well, if you're good, then we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. And as always, if you have any questions or opinions or comments on anything you heard on today's episode or anything at all, we'd love to hear from you. And Ben, where can they get in touch with us? You hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS pod, or you can hit us up on Facebook, Ben and Chris talk sports. And as, as has been promised over the past month or so, BCTS pod.com is so very, very near completion. Next couple of days. I'm just changing our distribution platform for this podcast. And as soon as all those T's are crossed and I's are dotted, we will have our website up. And we'll let you all know when that happens. But until then, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe and stay healthy. We will see you right back here Friday morning. Thank you.